Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into today's show. I'm your host, Jake Burns, here for the OBR Film Breakdown. And, um, you know, when you do this thing every single day, you know, for going on a year now, essentially, almost every single day, I would say averaging a couple days off a month on on posting a podcast, sometimes things fall through. Our usual Friday guest, John Colosimo, could not make it. Uh, his work engagements down in Kansas City uh, ran over, so we could not get him tonight. And it was a little too late to have anybody new brought on to the show. So hopefully we can get with John over the weekend. As you know, there is a wildly important set of uh, press conferences tomorrow. It starts with 1 o'clock where Deshaun Watson, Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski all get up in front of the media. We'll see what types of answers they have for the tough questions, I'm sure, to arrive in their lap. And then uh, we'll look at a 3 o'clock uh, interview session set up with the Haslam's that will be through uh, a Zoom structure, so not live, but a Zoom structure. As as uh, that's kind of the thing we've all been waiting for. A lot of discussions have happened around the topic. Watson passed his physical, arrived in Berea yesterday. It was well documented his arrival. The um, second grand jury indictment came back with a negative on pre- uh, pressing actual charges uh, so he's gone through two different counties worth of worth of uh grand jury structures and has not uh, faced any actual charges neither of them returned a a bill of of actual charges so uh, he is essentially uh, really just facing the civil suits now i'm sure this question will come up tomorrow i do not think there will be any more criminal trial uh, setups here any more criminal grand juries to to appear but there could be I'm not sure the Browns were aware of what was happening yesterday before they made the trade they knew it was coming and they knew what was likely to happen and that's why they made the trade they did obviously if you thought yesterday caught the Browns by surprise based on all of the stuff they've done here I think that's a little naive it's 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 everything has been discussed and and put on the table and they all know what was happening yesterday so uh, we'll get answers, like answers you've all been craving, I've been craving. You'll get those tomorrow at the press conference, or well, today, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, I'm recording here on, on Thursday night. Um, we'll get those answers, and then you'll have an answer, uh, opportunity at 3 o'clock to hear from the Haslams. And I would imagine still, with the civil cases ongoing, you might get a lot of non-answers. You might get a lot of, I can't answer that, we can't answer that, uh, as there's an active situation with the civil suit. So, I don't know. It's a formality. We knew they had to introduce the player. We'll see what comes of it, uh, it, what kind of answers we get, and we'll talk about it over the weekend on the weekend podcast. But uh, for now, we we wait to get those more serious conversations started tomorrow that Watson will get up in front of a microphone for the first time in a long time. We'll see what sort of tone he has. Uh, Otherwise, on the OBR, there was a debut from Corey Kennan on the Mock Draft 38. Cody Sook plays... The next guest doing number 39, that'll be there for your Friday morning. And then uh, second of my free agent film rooms, Jakeem Grant film room is up. And I think you should check it out if you're a VIP sub. Um, There's a lot there. A lot of information, a lot of film on his return abilities, both kicking and punting, where I think he will end up doing both in Cleveland based on what I have seen here. Uh, did a lot more punt returning than kick returning last year. And, and really the last two years, the kick return numbers in terms of sheer volume have been down. But he should probably be slotted in to do both in Cleveland. And then kind of noted, too, about his wide receiver ability. Not crazy production or anything. I think it's pretty obvious why he doesn't get a ton of receiver reps. But he has had years over 30 targets, one year over 50 targets. And he's capable. You know, he's not... 
obviously a polished receiver, but he's capable and he's a really fun gadget play guy. Flea flickers, reverses, double passes, things like that. Tried to illuminate all of those in there for you and talk about what role he could have. So that is there for you to consume as well. Uh, as I try to seek out more of the OBR's opinions, I thought today would be a good chance due to the cancellation of our guests to uh, share the OBR Weekly, which is Ian McBride and Fred Greetham. So that is going to be up for you here just in a moment. You can listen to that. That will obviously always be available via Twitch replay uh, on our OBR Twitch, but I thought it'd be a nice thing to share to get some other opinions out there on a wide variety of topics that Fred and Ian spent time on. So that is what we're going to play for you. I'll have some more promising content, original content over the weekend for you after the press conference and We'll see if any big decisions get made over the weekend in terms of free agents or things like that, and we'll be ready to discuss those as well. So have a great Friday. Shifting over to the OBR Weekly right now. We'll catch back up over the weekend. Thanks, guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to OBR Weekly. My name is Ian McBride. I am filling in for the web dork today. He's currently recovering from getting his wisdom teeth removed, so he can't talk too well. Uh, I have been tasked with talking good, and I will try to do that. Uh, we have a packed show for you tonight. Tons of news around the league. Obviously, plenty still happening with our Cleveland Browns. Uh, let's bring in the star of the show. That is Mr. Fred Greetham. Fred, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Ian. We're ready to go and talk. We haven't a lot's happened since we last talked here. Yeah, a lot has happened. Uh, and we're still dealing with the fallout the, of the stuff that happened even before last week's show. It's uh, it's taken a while to kind of figure out what the Browns are doing and where they're going. Let's start with uh, the roster. The Browns have slowed down their moves since bringing in Deshaun Watson, uh, but there's still plenty of rumors around. What are you hearing that they're looking for and what do you personally think they should be looking for? Well, I, I think the obvious is now um, – you need you need another wide receiver. I think whether you focus that in free agency or a trade or draft, but now you're you know you don't have first round picks, so everything changes. Now you have I think the forty fourth, 
So you might try to use some of your picks and move up, you know, in the draft. But again, it's going to determine what they do here over the course of the next few weeks. I think the attention is all to me on the defensive line, edge and interior defensive line. I mean, they've made what I would call two minor moves, one in a trade brought in Winovich, but I don't think they're planning on him being, you know, the guy opposite, you know, Miles Garrett. And right now under contract, they basically have Garrett Winovich and I think Curtis Weaver. So Mm -hmm. you have to bring some guys in and then interior, I mean, Jackson and and McDowell are not expected back and you've really added, you know, Brian Taven or Taven Brian. Yeah. Either (laughs) way. I don't think, I don't think. Yeah. It's the same guy, you know, he's a former first round, but he's a, he's, he's just kind of a guy. I think at this point they like those former first round guys that didn't pan out because they have potential, but I think, you know, you're going to start seeing them maybe when the dust settles. And I think it's been settling to bring in those one year, you know, veteran guys that didn't get the deal they wanted. And they're now looking for a team reality hit while wow, I don't have a team. Um, it's kind of interesting. Former Brown, Larry Ogunjobi signed a big deal, like three year, 40 million, and he failed the physical. So he's back yeah. on the market. Don't know what that means physically, but. You know, he's one of the guys that at this point, you know, they need somebody that, you know, can step in and start. I, I look for the type like the Malik Jacksons from last year, a 32-year-old, one-year deal. You know, there's several of those guys out there. Yeah. Um, you know, they're probably not long-term. But at this point, I think you're just trying to plug holes and do what you can in the draft and see from there because they addressed, you know, the, the two top needs, you know, right off the bat in trades with Deshaun yeah. Watson, in their opinion, to upgrade the quarterback position and upgrade the wide receiver room with Amari Cooper. So now it's kind of backfilling other positions and so forth. So it's been interesting, Ian, that I think, you know, it used to be NFL teams didn't make trades. Now trades are becoming bigger and bigger. In fact, the Browns, I would say the majority of their big moves have been trades. I think they have four trades they've made. They traded for Watson. They traded for Cooper. They traded for Winovich and they traded Keenum away. So, you know, they've actually done more trades and I can see that, you know, now, you know, maybe they get mistakes and maybe if a Brandon Cooks is available, they trade for him or, you know, because you you kind of bypass the negotiations. You just want to take them on. They agree to take them on. Boom, you take the guys. So we'll see yeah. if that happens. But th- that that to me is what I would expect, you know. But I think wide receiver, not a lot out there. Free agents, to me, logical ones would be Will Fuller. I like Marquez Vant, Scantling, but, you know, I've heard a lot talk of people about like him. him. Yeah going to the chiefs now with the hole with Tyree kill uh, Julio Jones got released. So you don't even have, you know, he's there and Jarvis, you know, he might be somebody it's, it's, I would give him a lot of credit if he agreed to come back because usually when a guy leaves, they don't come back just for pride's yeah. sake. So if he really wanted to be here and he saw that there's not the money that maybe he thought, 
maybe he would choose the Browns if, if they're even interested, but not a whole lot out there, you know, as far as premier, but they've, they've signed Grant and they traded for Cooper. So I can still see them looking in that second round. And if they really like a guy, maybe they'll use some of their lower picks and try to package to get up yeah. even further like they did last year with JOK. Yeah, it, Jakeem Grant is, is sort of iffy because, you know, I think they certainly have plenty of plans uh, with how to use him as a wide receiver. But it's worth pointing out, he actually had negative receiving yards for the Dolphins <laughs> last year. Uh, he is not somebody who has done a ton uh, of, you know, actual playing wide receiver. He is, really is that return specialist. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much they rely on him. Uh, I'm going to bring this question. First of all, throw your questions in the chat. This is the Q&A show for the week where you get to ask Fred anything uh, you, you might have on your mind, and uh, he's very plugged in, so he's probably got an answer for you. Uh, but Manimal says, I hate to bring this up, but is the slowness of trying to trade Mayfield have something to do with the slowdown in free agency? Uh, I would guess no. You actually brought up an interesting fact that I did not know about the cap um, before the before we started the show. So I, it's something I think a lot of people don't know. I looked it over the cap. Uh, dot com. I didn't check the other one. That That's the one I look at a lot. Spot Track's another one. But over the cap, just before we got on the show, had the Browns is having the fourth most salary cap space. They had them at $26.2 million. And ironically, the number one team had 28.6, only $2 million more than the Browns. And that was the Chiefs. And I think part of that was, you know, they traded Hill away. So, and number one on their salary right now today with the Browns is Baker Mayfield at 18 million. Number two is, you know, Denzel Ward at 13 million playing under the fifth year option. And, and because they restructured Cooper, he's, he's at 10 million and Watson's at 10 million. So they're really in good shape salary cap wise. I don't know if they'll use some of that money to uh, extend Ward now or wait. Or, or use that to, to try to nail down Jadavian Clowney or maybe a couple of the free agent defensive linemen. To me, it only makes sense that you try to get that addressed. And if Clowney just is going to play a game and, and he's not going to commit, maybe you go, I think, I don't know if it was Cody or one of our guys, uh, Corey might have said, you could use his money and go get two guys on one-year deals like Jerry Hughes and you know, Hakeem Hicks or, or yeah, uh, that, that helped the Arden keys, you know, the Ingrams, the flowers, the big guys you, know, you might just be haven't able to get paid yet. Yeah. You might, you know, go to that pool. There's six, seven of them and maybe get two for one and say, well, let's just do that and rotate those two guys. Kind of like Claiborne did a couple years ago, you know? Yeah. So I don't think you want to be left going in the draft without a first round pick and not having a sure shot starter at defensive end, or at least one of the starters at defensive tackle, you know? So that's what I think they're going to use some of this money. You know, most of the guys left are the end of the line guys that are to me, one year deals. Calais Campbell, be he's still a good player, but he's 36. Akeem Hicks, I think is 32. You know, Goldman, Linville, Joseph, 
Sheldon Richardson, you know, he might be one of the youngest at 31. Larry Ogunjobi, I think, is the youngest um, on the interior. And then the outside, you got, yeah, Clowney and Flowers and Hughes and Barrett or Barnett, Key, guys like that. So hopefully they'll come up with something, use some of this money. Um, they trade or are able to get out from under Mayfields. They would vault to about $44 million immediately. So they definitely are in good shape now. Um, it's almost like, I know they pushed the money down the road, but with Watson, it's almost like having a, a quarterback on a rookie deal to get a couple yeah. more pieces. But just, just for this year, after this year, it's, it's going to get bigger. That's why I say you got to get some of these, you know, things taken care of now because you'd be limited on your roster building. And that's why I really think the trade aspect to me makes a lot of sense. Find a team that decides, Hey, we're going to rebuild. I don't know what this with Dan, Danielle or uh, Hunter. I think they restructured, but I don't know if that was to trade him or just keep him or what they're planning on doing. Cause I think yeah. Minnesota doesn't know if they're rebuilding or, or yeah, going for it. Yeah. They're they, they're, the uh, they're new GM. Their new GM actually came out and said they're kind of playing both sides, which is not what you want to say. Uh, I don't think, um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Hooper's money falls off in June. I believe his money is already off. Uh, you have a limited amount of people you can designate as post June 1st cuts uh, to free up that money um, before then. Um, at least that's my understanding of it. Cody can probably answer that question better than me. Uh, if you want to jump into ATI, uh, and ask that uh, uh, to Cody. I think he would he would almost certainly have an answer. Uh, Fumble 13, waiting for the second wave of one-year deals at a bargain. I think that's absolutely true. This is just how the front office operates. Uh, you know, they had the guys they really wanted to go after the starter free agency, which was Amari Cooper in this case last year's John Johnson and Troy Hill. Uh, and then after that, they're kind of just going to bring in low risk, possible high reward guys on one year deals. That's just how they, that, that was Clowney last year. It was Tack McKinley last year. That's just kind of how they operate. Um, let's talk about that contract you mentioned with uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, not making a lot this year. Um, I wanted to talk about something interesting here, and you can completely shut me down. I could be completely off about this. Uh, Deshaun Watson received $230 million in guaranteed money. Uh, that is, I believe it, it shattered the record of highest guarantee uh, contract. It was previously it was $150 million, so it completely shattered it. Uh, with the Baker Mayfield situation, we're seeing a lot of teams not as interested as we thought it was going to be. There have been a couple reporters uh, pushing out that maybe this is the rest of the NFL not wanting to work with the Browns because of that contract, because giving fully guaranteed money to a quarterback on a contract that big is going to cause a lot of problems for teams down the road. Do you think there's any truth to that? Or is this just a situation where maybe the market for Baker Mayfield wasn't what they thought it was going to be? I think teams do what, what is best for themselves. I don't think that, they are going to hurt themselves and balk because what's done's done. And that isn't going to change anything. When a guy comes up for contract, they're going to either pay the guy what he wants or they're not. And, and so, yeah, they might be upset, but I don't think that, you know, that has anything to do. I think it's more in Mayfield situation 
we can talk about that. We've been talking about it since last year that he just killed himself by playing after he got hurt because he played so bad that teams, you know, they want him as a free eight. If nobody, if he's cut and he's just sitting there and they don't have to pay his salary. Um, But as far as you saw immediately, the Colts went after Ryan got a really good deal for only giving up a third round pick, by the way. Yeah. It's a but, steal. but he is, but he wanted to play in a dome. He, I don't think he wanted to come to Cleveland. I mean, I would have liked to had him come when we were looking at options. There wasn't many options left. We, Browns fans thought it was either Ryan Garoppolo or Jameis Winston or Mariota. Immediately Ryan went to the Colts immediately. Winston went to the saints and immediately Mariota went to the Falcons. I mean, I would have thought even the way Mayfield played last year, that he was a better option than Winston and Mariota to come right in and start, but they immediately jumped on those other guys. So right now it looks to me like the only openings are in Seattle and, um, yeah, we're and, you know I've heard a possible uh, the Lions, but they Carolina, yeah. Carolina and Seattle I think are the well, two. Yeah, the Lions have been mentioned. Carolina, yeah, Carolina. You know they kind of went this route last year with Sam Darnold, so they put it out there they weren't interested in him. Um, you know, it might come down to like uh the Browns did with Brock Osweiler, kind of go the yeah. other way. You know, give pay or or get that salary, you know, somehow relieved, whether you pay part of it or whatever to send him to another team to get a pick back, something it's, like that's, that. That's, that's crazy to me. Sam Darnold last year with the, basically the same deal. Cause his option got picked up, got second round, fourth round and sixth round. And, and I, it just blows my mind. Did Baker play that bad last year that he's such a negative asset compared to all this other stuff? Well, I don't, think you know but that's what i was saying because he played and that's what's in everybody's mind we all saw him play in 2020 and i wouldn't say he was patrick mahomes or josh allen but he was very efficient yeah. he started out against the chiefs you know in that game to open the season looked really good my biggest knock with baker was last year even five times he had a chance to rally the team to win the game on the last possession and he didn't do it and it's not all his fault but it just seemed like sometimes i i can only remember the biggest one was the bengals game when the obj got hurt when he threw the touchdown to dpj with 11 seconds to go and maybe that's unfair to judge him but when you look at what he did in four years with the browns he's right now third on the all-time passing list in franchise history I mean, Sype is number one, and and Kozar's number two, and Mayfield's number three. That's ahead of Otto yeah. Graham and Frank Ryan. And in touchdowns, he's fourth, only behind, you know, Sype and Kozar and Frank Ryan. And he's even ahead of Otto Graham. So as far as he did a lot of good things, yeah. and he really helped turn this franchise around. And so – I just think what's lost a little bit in it is this, the front office, we know all the backlash that's coming. They felt that this was an opportunity 
to get to the next level at quarterback. Yep. And and even if you had the number one pick in the draft this year, you probably couldn't get it. You might take a flyer on Willis or yeah. somebody. And next year, there might be a great quarterback class. But we've seen that. Trevor Lawrence might still be great. He was for sure the why, – why Urban Meyer was going to the Jaguars – he didn't light the world on fire, you know, and there's a lot of reasons. You just don't know that you have a sure shot to get a proven franchise quarterback. Yeah. Even if you think that guy's going to be it. So that's why I think they just shot for the moon and yeah. with this deal. Well, and it, part of it is you think next year, okay, in your head, great quarterback class. It's going to be fantastic. If you've got the third overall pick, suddenly it's not a great class because Bryce Young, CJ Stroud go number one, number two, who are you left with? You're left with the third best quarterback out of that group who isn't, you know, exactly going to be on the same level as those two. So even if you're like, yeah, let's go get a quarterback. You got to get the first pick or the second pick to really get that guy. Uh, and, and that that's not exactly easy to do if you're if you've got any sort of a roster. Uh, a couple of things. We're going to move on from Baker uh, and talk about some other stuff around the NFL. Uh, again, fire off your questions. Uh, we had a couple people uh, say uh, Manimal. I think the Browns are going to eat some of that contract and uh, fumble 13 better chance of his playoff aspirations. Bring him in as a backup. So uh, something to note about Baker's deal is fifth year options cannot be renegotiated. It is all or nothing. It is one year, 18 million. If he is on a roster uh, without getting cut from the Browns, he will be paying paid 18 million by the team that has him. So it would make it a lot easier if they could renegotiate that maybe like turn it into a two year deal or something like that. And then move him in a deal. They can't do that. Uh, it has to be that one year, 18 uh, fumble brings up a good point. Um, and because it is that all or nothing, uh, I believe it is unless they want to do right by Baker or just end this, you know, whole scenario. Uh, they don't have to make a move until final roster cut, because regardless of whether or not, regardless of when they release him, that's 18 million on the books for the Browns. So it, if you, if you want to wait until training camp and wait for uh, you know, somebody to get injured and then move him um, that, that would be an option. But um, well, I think, I think that's, that's kind of the, there's no hurry to trade him. Yeah. Okay. He, he wasn't coming to mini camp. He wasn't, you know, by his own words, he wasn't going to show up for anything. Why? somebody suggested that they would just cut him and he, why in the world would you do that when you have an 18, $19 million commitment? You know, if, if you can't unload him that somebody would take that salary, even if you didn't get anything for him, I, I don't think I'd no. do that because why, why would you cut him, pay the salary and let him go over to the Steelers? Why in the world would you do that? Yeah, that makes exactly. no sense they're not in the business to accommodate Baker Mayfield at this point. He's the one that, to be honest, he might've helped push them into this deal by yeah. coming out so quickly and saying, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't know my future. And then he came out and said, I want to be traded immediately. You didn't hear that from Matt Ryan. You didn't hear that from Tua last year. You didn't yeah. hear that from a lot of guys over the years when things didn't go their way. Jalen Hurts, you know, the Wat, you know, Eagles were going after Watson. Didn't hear it from him. Exactly, and and it's like, wow, this is a production based deal, and 
I think they grew tired of him criticizing that they didn't come out and say it up till I was at the combine early March and they both said Barry and Stefanski, he's our guy, you know, we're committed to him. We, we, he's gonna, he's gonna be our starter. We anticipate and basically until he's not, but you know, when, when they had to make it public, they went all in and, and you gotta get your feelings hurt. And I understand they actually did tell him that they would go, they would go after Watson if he became available. And so we'll see. But anyway, I I don't think, I don't think they're just going to release the guy. It makes no sense. Like you said, they're on the hook. They're trying to unload the salary. And I think they still think they can get something, even if it's a second round, third round. I don't know. I don't think they're going like the closer you get to the season, the more it's going to open up. Somebody's going to get hurt. And some team with playoff aspirations don't want to turn it over to Nick Mullins or, you know, the backups in this league are pretty weak, you know, as a whole. I mean, Case Campbell was one of the best in the NFL last year and the Browns didn't even use him, you know, when they had a chance. So I think, you know, if they can't trade him, if none of these teams want him to come in and start at eight, at 18 million, that's a pretty good deal to, yeah. and I think Mayfield would step right in and I think he's better than Drew Locke with Seattle yes. not even a question they, unless they're determined to draft like a quarterback in the first round so yeah I just think that there's a little chessmanship and I could see even a draft day trade you know yeah. with Mayfield something like that but there's no hurry. You don't have to panic and say, oh, we got to make a move for him right now. Well, they don't have to. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of these people, you really got to the way the quarterback situations worked out in the draft. You really got two guys who I think a lot of teams are going after. And there's only two guys. There's a lot of people who want Malik Willis. A lot of teams want Malik Willis. Only one team is going to get him. Uh, and so you get to day two, day three, whatever team wanted him but didn't get him, maybe makes a call on Mayfield. Uh, no reason not to wait until at least the draft. we got some great questions in the chat. Uh, Dr. Nico had a great one, but we're going to uh, go in chronological order. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, do you think the Dolphins is a serious threat? What's your What's your thoughts on the Tyreek Hill trade for the Dolphins and for the Chiefs? Because it's it's really changing kind of the way the AFC might look next year. Well, the AFC um, is become an arms race. I mean, everybody, everybody good is coming to an AFC team like a contender. I mean, the Raiders immediately, you know, have added Adams and at wide receiver, and and they got Chandler Jones on defense and. And then you look at what the Chargers did with Khalil Mack and, you know, you just go right down the list. The the Broncos get on the map with Russell Wilson on and on and on. And you already had the Chiefs. But to me, the Chiefs got weakened today. The Dolphins are another team that has really loaded up around Tua. But, you know, is he the quarterback that really is going to take them deep? So yeah. that's, I think the Dolphins, that's a, that's a nice move for them. It very much improves. As you said, Ian, now they have two of the fastest guys, you know, out there, how they're going to get the ball, you know, to them. But I think more significantly, most of us looked at the chiefs as maybe 
even though the Bengals went to Super Bowl, I still think a lot of us feel the Chiefs were the team. That knocks them down a notch. Even if they go get, they did get Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's not Tyreek Hill. Even if they go get one of these top wide receivers in the draft, like a Traylon Burks or somehow they make a move to get one of those guys, usually they don't just move right in and become Tyreek Hill in their first year. That guy did a lot for that team. And uh, so I think the Dolphins got better, the Chiefs got worse, and I think from the Browns' standpoint, the Chiefs coming down a little bit is a good thing for them because I think the Browns, you know, are positioning themselves all the way around here to to make a run. Yeah, I mean, they're going to look to try to get some someone to replace Tyreek Hill, but there's there's not a Tyreek Hill. You go ask all of these teams in the draft who have tried to get the next Tyreek Hill. The Browns tried to get Anthony Schwartz. Uh, he's not exactly Tyreek Hill, even if he's as fast as him. Kadarius Tony is another example. Is like there's not a lot of Tyreek Hills out there. Uh, so do what you can to try to get it, but it, it might not work. Uh, this is another thing we were talking about earlier. Dr. Neal, can you talk about the late change in the agreement for the Watson trade? He's wondering about the pick. Um, I don't know if you have any information on that, but there was also a little bit of information that came out today about the reasoning for Deshaun Watson switch over to the Browns. So uh, what have you heard about that? Are you talking about like when it said there was another, like the fourth round pick. Yeah, an extra fourth like. got added. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if that just was not reported to begin with. I mean, there was everybody, you know, had the three first rounds and it kind of after that it kind of got lost in the jumble. I don't know. I didn't really get any more other than here's the official trade. Most of those reporters that put it out there didn't have the official word, you know, they were probably just told and put it out there. So I don't know the difference. I don't think they agreed to something and then said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need another pick that teams don't do that because they get, you know, blackballed a little bit if they renege on deals. But as far as the change of heart, there's been a lot of assumption that, that the Browns just threw all the money, you know, at them to, open it back up. And that's why he changed his mind. I was listening to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. He's been on this thing for a long time. In fact, I remember him in the fall saying the Browns are going to go all after Watson. And that stuck in my mind all off season, knowing where did he get that? And ultimately they did get him. And so he's pretty connected there. And he said that Watson just woke up Friday morning with a change of heart saying, you know, I I could go home, I could go to a dome in either place, go to the stay in the south. But if I really want to make a legacy, I want to win a Super Bowl, and the Browns have the best chance right now. That's what he said. And then they talk contract after that. Yeah. So take that for what it's worth. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not been in these negotiations. I don't know if it's a blind bid. If they say, okay, Seattle or uh, New Orleans, give us your best shot, Cleveland, give, and they're all like, we got to just go for the moon because we don't want to. We got another chance. We don't want to lose out or how that works. But I was, I did hear or read another report that said that once the deal was was completed, that one of the teams went back and said, 
we want a chance to match the offer or even increase it. So take that for what it's worth. If the Browns were willing to give what they gave and there was at least one other team willing to do that as well, what I'm yep. told. Kind of think Carolina was 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 that team. They uh they were they were desperate for Deshaun Watson couldn't get there. So um I apologize. I think uh, I think those three asterisks mean Dr. Nico is trying to post a link. If you send it to me uh I, as a DM on Twitch, I will take a look at that link, but we do not allow links in this uh in the chat for obvious reasons. Uh and those obvious reasons are angry uh Ravens and Steelers fans. Um I think that was when we 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 made that change was uh, was Ravens week. Um so uh more questions in the chat. Let me double check. Uh Stream Element says 70s child one subscribe for six months in a row. Thank you very much for six months. Uh appreciate that very much. Awesome to see. If you guys have Amazon Prime, remember you can sub for free. Uh just click on the sub button. You should see uh Twitch Prime as a uh as an option. You get to sub to one channel for free per month. Uh, and there's no reason not to use it. It just goes away if you don't. So um, uh, let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. That was another one that Casey uh, made. Browns fans maybe wanted it. How Fresh talked about it. Um, any thoughts on how Juju might change that offense in, in Kansas City? Well, I think he's been a pretty good receiver. I think he's had some injuries, and, you know, I think with Roethlisberger not being able to really lately go with the deep ball, I think – He'll be he'll be much more on the radar now with with Mahomes. The quarterback makes a big difference with these guys. They make he makes the receivers look better, and I think he will fit in, be a pretty good receiver for him. I mean, Sammy Watkins had a revitalization when he was with Kansas City, and because of the Tyreek Hill, I think that allowed him to open up. I think Smith Schuster would have been more valuable with Hill. Now, yeah. McCole Hardman, as somebody said, he's a good receiver. Uh, Pringle, I don't know if he signed somewhere else. I think he, he did. did. Yeah. And uh, he, I think it was with the Bears. Yeah. I correctly. That makes sense. He was a guy I kind of liked. I thought maybe he could he could do something with the Browns back when they were looking as a second guy. But, yeah, I think Smith-Schuster will be a, a good player for the Chiefs, I think. You know, you plug them in there, a good player with a good quarterback just makes them all the better. It's amazing, you know, receivers. I think all of a sudden, you know, the Allen Robinsons will be much more on the radar again with a with a good quarterback and and uh experienced and, and so when you when you put that all together, I think Chiefs are still gonna be good. I mean, it's one guy they they've lost there. It's just really yeah you know, one of the guys that their offense runs through. Yeah. And Andy Reed uh, has, you know, he proved with Mahomes, he can basically kind of design the offense around his personality. You know, it, the, the deep shots to Tyree kill are such a departure from what he ran uh, with Alex Smith and what he ran in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. So we'll see how he adjusts his offense. We'll see what they do with those first round picks, because I got to imagine Seattle's phone is ringing off the hook right now. They got two receivers uh, who I think pretty much everybody would like. Uh, Pringle did go to Chicago, but 
Jacksonville's a good guess for any wide receiver free agent about where they went. If you don't know where they went, they probably went to Jacksonville. But Pringle this time did go to the Bears. So it was only one year, six million, if I remember correctly. It wasn't a big deal. It was one of those you see and like, oh, I wish the Browns were in on that. Uh, question from Scooter Domus. Absolutely fantastic name. That is an A-plus name. Do you think Andrew Bear is waiting for the Baker money to fall off to extend Ward? Or does Ward even get an extension considering how much money they uh, they now have set for the next couple of years? I um I think definitely Ward gets an extension. You know, I think that, you know, this is a passing league. We've seen what a top flight cornerback, you know, he stayed on the field more than he did in his first three years. I think that I think he'll get extended, but I think that they are working with him and I don't think they're worried about, you know, losing out on him, you know, as far as I think there's been talks going on and Next year, when the salary cap goes up, I think that'll all come into play. As far as waiting, you know, on some of these things, I think, yes, I think they're trying. If they could make a trade to get a Danielle Hunter, or they could, you know, as our Brad uh, said, that Clowney has an offer out there. They're trying to get some of those things done. And, um, and so I think they have the money right now to do so. I think that. Um, when they, when they did this move, this is a very calculated front office. They don't, they're very close to the vest. I mean, we couldn't get them to say anything the first of March and for them to go all in like they did with Watson tells me they have a plan, um, you know, knowing what it was going to cost them with all the draft picks and so forth. And so I just think that they just felt that was the number one issue they need to get resolved and settled. I didn't check. I know Watson turns 27. I think it's September. I don't know if he's older or younger than Baker. I think they're about the same age. So, you know, that's, you know, what they're looking at, you know, was getting that settled and then everything kind of falls in. I do think that him being here when the dust settles, there's going to be some players come that maybe wouldn't have in free agency to join the team. We've heard yeah. some of the things we haven't really seen it come to fruition yet, but team, you know, d- d- regardless of what fans might think, or whatever, these players don't look at exactly the same way as fans do. Yeah. They want to win. They want to go, you know, where things are, you know, happening. And I think that really changed the narrative. And I do think the Browns were a little bit, um, desperate after they were thinking they were rejected because it looked like they were really going to be left with no option other than, Hey, we're still behind you, Baker, a hundred percent. And, uh, and, and what, whatever he was going to say, didn't have a lot of leverage because if he wants to just hurt his value, he didn't play. That's great. But I don't even know how that works with the guaranteed if, he gets it if he refuses to play. I don't I, – I mean, I can't imagine, but I, I would guess this will be similar to the Odell situation where I think both sides will kind of agree it, it's good. You know, you, you don't have to come in. <laughs> we're all we're all fine. Right. Uh, take your take your time. Well, uh, be like J.R. Smith, you just say take your $15 million, but just stay home. Don't even come in because yeah. I think they would do that before they just cut the guy because – you yeah. cut the guy, you still pay the money, and he goes wherever he wants. That makes no sense. So anyway, yeah. we'll see what happens there. But yeah, that 
there's still some things, but I think they've they really feel like they've made the the big move the top two big moves is wide receiver. You got to do other things, but they are much better positioned uh, right now than they were at this time last year. Even yep. though we thought they were in much better shape last year. Yeah, really important to realize with Baker, the only thing that happens if they cut him, the only thing they gain is a roster spot. So theoretically, there's no reason for them to do anything with Baker Mayfield until final cuts because the roster spot is the only thing that's there. Um, so uh, Daniil Hunter, somebody you mentioned, I wanted to throw some information about him because he's got a he's a very interesting situation. He's getting paid $18 million this year. It got fully guaranteed just a couple days ago. Uh, but next year, the cap hits only eight million, and he's only getting paid five million. It was—it's such a weirdly structured contract where they have the, this big spike of money in 2022, but next year he's a complete bargain. So that's why I think a lot of people are interested in him, even the last year. Uh, I believe he was dealing with some injuries. Um, that's something that a lot of people. Have, this the Rams' idea, which is trade for these kinds of guys. You know they're going to leave after a year and a half but then you get a comp pick for him. Uh, and then Daniel Hunter is, is a perfect, um, perfect candidate for something like that. Um, let's go with bacon of war. Another great name. Uh, obviously plenty of the off season still to go, which means we are going to hold this to you. 100%. This is gospel. If you're wrong, <laughs> we will, uh, we will come back to you. Uh, what is your record prediction for the Browns this year? Uh, you just throw some, it's plenty of, plenty of time left, but. You know, last year, I don't know how many we had on the staff when we did our productions last year, but I, Everybody I had think the same it was, I think it was 10 or 12 and everybody independently went down with 12 and five. And yeah. I really thought, I almost thought like, well, that's very reasonable when I was looking at it because yeah, it seemed like last it. year that roster was the best roster I had ever covered in 30 plus years covering this team. And, and I'm pretty objective about things like that. And I was like, you expected the offense to pick up and be better than they were, you know, the whole season because they played so well in the second half that you would pick up where you left off. You had everybody back. The entire starting lineup was back. They did have injuries early, but the defense was so much better. They 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 overhauled the defense. Now, obviously, yeah. it took a few games to get that going, middle of the season, but it was all in the offense last year. They couldn't score. They had twenty points a game. I mean, that's not going to win you. That's why you were eight and nine. So, yeah. With that said, I'm probably this is way off. I mean, I hate to even make predictions because you know you get burned so often. But I would probably stick with uh, eleven and six. 12 and five right now. Yeah. I think. And, that, and Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying, I haven't even looked at the schedule. I haven't looked when it comes out. The big factor is how long Deshaun Watson, if he's suspended, how long does he miss? If he misses eight uh, games, your season could be over before you even got going. So yeah. um, that's hard to predict now. I mean, looking at the schedule, you know, if you play all the tougher teams at the beginning of the year, you could be in a hole, one and five, one and six or something, and then you can't get out from under it. And so there's so many factors. But if I was saying if they were ready 100% just today on a third-place schedule, I think that helps a little bit. That's what I would say. But 
I'm hedging my bets because, you know, if he misses six, eight games, you know, I, I drop it down to maybe nine and eight, 10 and yeah. 10 wins at the most. Well, you, third place schedule sounds great uh, until you realize one of those third place teams is, is the Denver Broncos. Uh, and I believe one of the others, uh, if I if I'm remembering correctly, is the Miami Dolphins. So I mean, everybody AFC is getting better. Yeah. I don't think there's they any. They play they play at Miami now with Tyree yeah. Kill. Yeah, and... I think the only the Ravens are the ones that are making out like bandits because they get the Jets uh, and they get the um, they get the. So I, I forget who the other one was. It's the NFC. The um, I think it's either the Washington Football Team or uh, the, no, it's the Giants. They get the they get the Giants too. So, according uh, to the, my the, schedule, they do not play Denver. The Browns. They Denver have their the, division teams. They play home the Chargers, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Oh, the, the Chargers, Saints, the, the yeah, Jets, right. the Patriots. Right. On the road, it's Atlanta, Buffalo, Carolina, Minnesota, Houston, Washington, and the three divisions. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's my bad. It, it is the. Uh, uh, the third place, the Broncos were fourth place. Third place was the Chargers. That's, that's my dad. But I mean, Chargers got better too. So it's, I mean, everybody's getting better. It's, uh, it's, oh, it's yeah. going to be tough. Um, we had a good question. Uh, Daniil Hunter versus Jadavion Clowney. Uh, to give some background for everybody on Daniil Hunter, he had back to back seasons 2018, 2019 of 14 and a half sacks, which is obviously fantastic. 2020 missed the entire year with a neck injury. Uh, and then 2021 came back, uh, had six sacks in the first seven games, so it was looking good, and then tore his pectoral muscle, which ended the season. So uh, in, in season-ending season ending injuries the past two years, but they're not lower body injuries, which tend to be uh, the ones that kind of linger and uh, turn into career-enders, not that a torn pectoral is, is anything easy to deal with. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, would you want Daniil Hunter at that, you know, $18 million this year, not a whole lot next year, or would you want Jadavion Clowney for the reported two years, 24, that I believe the Browns offered? Hunter, I assume, is mid-20s, like 25. He's 27, yep. 27. So it would be 28 and 29 in the two years the Browns would have him. I would rather have Hunter because he's younger. I would rather have a long-term answer. And like I said, I think Tack McKinley was going to be that guy. You know, they were hoping, even if Clowney did his one-year wonder mercenary thing, that, that McKinley would step in and be that guy this year but obviously toward the Achilles. So, no, I'd like Hunter just because, and I'd trade for him because then the deal's done. I get the feel that Clowney is going to sit on this. He just does that kind of stuff. Just being around him, like, I don't want to make any commitment until I have to, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Somebody said they saw him the other day in town. I didn't hear that was. I think that. I think that was – that was a joke. I didn't realize. I didn't realize okay. that as well. Uh, but I believe that is a that is an old um, an old uh, Patriots joke where they were, they saw just some a, a big guy with dreadlocks and they said, hey, "Oh, I see everybody's <laughs> clowning." Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would just. We all know that he's just kind of. He's not the long term answer. He's got a lot of miles on it, even though he's only like I think twenty nine. He was relatively healthy last year. But I like him, and he he did well. But if you can get a younger version, I was thinking when they still had their first-round pick that maybe the edge was, you know, where they would go to get one of those guys to be the long-term answer. 
because sooner or later you got to have a a guy you don't you got to have more than a one year guy that's just plugging in like Vernon one year and then Clowney one year and so forth. So I think Hunter, you know, would be the the guy I would do. Yeah, it's it'd be interesting. Uh, so Jadavion Clowney was healthy last year, but he does have a history of injuries as well. So. But I mean, you get the sense with Jadavion Clowney that the Browns are the best place for him, but he doesn't really want to come here, which is why it's, it kind of took a long time last year and it's taken a long time this year. So if they can get Daniil Hunter for not that much, I think that would be uh, that would be great. Uh, question from McSaw, man. Uh, let's talk about Jacoby Brissett. Can Jacoby win two or three if Watson is suspended six? A lot of this obviously is based on the schedule, but how do you feel about Jacoby Brissett as a backup? I like him. I mean, I think that, he would be similar, whatever, you know, one, one unsaid here is I think there's a lot of pressure on Kevin Stefanski to kind of remake his offense. And maybe you're not as dependent on the three tight ends, you know, with, when you have mobile quarterbacks, I know Jacoby is, has run, you know, 700 yards and he's not Watson, but he can move. And so I would think they'd be having those run pass options. And yeah, I think he could step in and win you some games. Um, I don't know if he's the long-term answer, you know, for a season, but I believe that would be ideal as if, if there was a six game suspension, if he could win you three, you know, and keep you in the hunt, because we know almost all the playoff stuff, how many times, whenever they start doing the graphics on television, the teams in the hunt are under 500. They're like, yeah. this team's four and five and they're in the hunt or so if you can just keep within striking distance and again i think it's all about winning the afc north sure you got the Bengals, and sure you got the ravens and the steelers but you can win that division and even if you're if you're not completely buried in the first half of the year i mean if you start two and six you know you're pretty much buried but if you could if you could be three and or four and four or three and five, even, I think you could, you can recover from that. So yeah, yeah, I think Brissett can, can do that. That's what they brought him in here to do. Sounds good. Uh, And uh, because this is related to the Watson suspension, I just wanted to throw this idea. There's some misconceptions. I I think the Browns have gotten some flack uh, from fans about the structure of the Watson contract, where he, he only has like something like a $1 million salary this year. Um, that's just how contracts work in the NFL. Uh, go look at, uh, example, Joe Tooney last year with the chiefs had basically the same thing. Uh, that's just how contracts are structured because the first year is the only year, you know, you're not going to renegotiate. So if you ever in a position to push money down the road, uh, you, you want that to be, you know, later on in the contract versus the first year, the first year you, you keep it as low as possible. And then you figure it out from there. So I, I don't think that was a specific, they're trying to help him avoid punishment or anything like that. That's well, that, just how contracts work. That's the criticism because you're only fine or you only lose your game checks. And so whatever yeah. your salary is, they divide it 17, 18 ways. And, and so that allegedly helps him not to have to pay hundreds of thousands out or yeah. millions out because of suspension. So yeah, you're right in that you kick it down the road. The salary cap thing has become a science, obviously, 
Yeah. How many years, like the Saints, I always think of, I remember last year in free agency, they had Marshawn, they had all these stars in that. They have to get rid of all these guys. The Browns are going to get Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Tom, and they always get them restructured, Crazy. and it, it always works. Just like with Watson, they were way over the cap. They were supposedly getting Watson, and they yeah. were restructuring everybody, you know, and they were way under the cap. And I'm like, yeah. I don't get yeah. this stuff. Yeah, it's all. I mean, it. You just push it down the road. Cap's gonna keep going up. Honey, uh, money. Yeah, I think N- NBA worked like that, where you had this all these all this craziness, all these like crazy contracts. Like, how are they even doing this? And then there was one year when they got the new TV deal that it just shot up. And I think a lot of people maybe expect that with uh, with the the NFL. So they're just gonna keep kicking it down the road until that salary cap shoots up, and they don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, Carpe Do mentioned earlier we were talking about Mayfield pay half his salary and trade him. Uh, again, this is something we mentioned earlier. They do not have that option. Uh, you cannot renegotiate fifth year options. It is eighteen million or nothing. We had another question. Let me make sure I find it. Do do do. This one, uh, this one, I'm not sure if you don't have an answer on this, I'd say go to ATI and ask Cody because I don't know this. Uh, if Baker turns into a free agent after this year and somebody signs him, would we get a comp pick? This is a very unlikely scenario, but uh, just a question. Do you do you happen to know if that would be the case? I thought I thought so. I don't know if it's the same. I'm really not a capologist or a yeah. compensationologist um, or what it is, but um if he's still on the team and you lose him as a free agent, I would think so. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think they want to pay 18 million for nothing. Um, obviously, but I, I, I think they would do that to get a comp pick if that's available before they just released him because it, it makes no sense. I mean, the, yeah. I think the OBJ thing was a little different because it was in the middle of the year and their option was like you said, just stay home and don't be a distraction yeah. or or have some goodwill and let him, you know, go on and do what he wanted to do. And it all worked out for him, other than the ACL. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, I feel so bad about that. But as far as uh Baker, I think it won't come to that, but I do think that they will try to be patient. Um they can, yeah, they can offset and help pay for it, agree to, you know, some of that, you know, in return. Yeah, basically, they, the can, they, they can't change what Baker's paying, but they can take a player back from whoever they traded to, who is, you know, also guaranteed. Example, uh, you know, people are talking about, hey, maybe they Brock Osweiler this and they have to send a pick. They could flip that around take Sam Darnold from the Panthers because they got his, his is fully guaranteed and the Panthers don't want him. They could take him and then still get a pick back for Mayfield or something like that. So uh, that that's, that's sort of how that works. It's, it's a weird situation because it's a fifth year option. It operates differently than pretty much any other contract. So I, it, a lot of weird stuff. Again, I would recommend uh, if you are an OBR subscriber, go check out ATI and just say, Hey, Cody, I have a question about the cap for you. Or, Hey, Anthony, I got a question about the cap for you. And they could probably get that for you a little better than, than, uh, than, than we can't. It's a very complicated, uh, it, like you said, it's, it's a science at this point. Yep. Um, let's, let's take this one from Scooter Domus. Another great, uh, another good question from a great name. I trust this front office to keep us in good position. Is this one of the best front offices in the NFL? I think a lot of people 
would have definitively said yes after, you know, this past season before the Watson trade, after the Watson trade, do you still think that's the case? I do. I mean, you have to understand this. They only get judged totally by wins and losses. I mean, yeah. if, if they, you know, underachieved this year and had another, you know, eight, nine year, you might have a new coach, new general manager, nothing's given, you know, with the owners here and they feel they've put everything into a roster last year. They felt that roster was, was ready to take them to the Super Bowl, And we know what happened. And it's obvious now their feelings at the quarterback is that a lot of it was on him. That's yeah. why they made this move. I mean, I, I don't think any of them want to be criticized and, and uh, want to be demonstrated against or anything, but it's all about wins with them because that is their job. And whatever they deemed, you know, the price for a first for a franchise quarterback in the middle of his prime at 26 years old, three first round picks. I was shocked. They didn't give up a player. I thought you were going to see Kareem Hunt, Denzel Ward, or Greg Newsome, one those guys involved in that trade. It's just picks. You're going to, you want to be picking 28th to 30th or 32nd. And the picks not that big of a deal you know, at that yeah. point. So they kept the second rounders, which to me yeah. was big as well. So no, I, I think they're still looked upon. They've turned this organization around, you know, as far as the roster and because they didn't win last year, I think they show you what they felt about it is that they were a franchise quarterback away from taking it to the next level. I don't know why else yeah. you would do all you did, you know, and put this exposure and, and, you know, pointing figures and upsetting people. If you didn't think this was the move to put you over the top. And if I was a Browns fan, you know, frankly, I'd be very excited that he was the best player available in free agency. And I'm just talking football. You got it. You know, it's a game. We watch it to get away from, you know, politics and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like, you know, they put it all out there. If it doesn't work, they're going to pay the price for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Cooper trade as, as fumble 13 brought up, that was such a slam dunk move uh, considering Cooper's, you know, deal where he was basically, it was two team options afterwards. That was such a slam dunk deal. I, 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 it's huge. Uh, considering what the wide receiver market was, uh, really tells you a lot. Uh, here's a question. and I'm going to give you some information about this too. How many players do you feel the Browns end up taking in this draft? I'm starting to feel like we move picks to consolidate or get more next year. Um, now, Something that I think was brought up a lot by Stephen Thomas uh, last year was the Browns had, after roster cuts, every single player from the past two drafts are still on the roster. Uh, I think that might still be the case after this year, which is insane when you go back three years, because you've got Grant Delpit, Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, Harrison Bryant, Nick Harris, all expected to take bigger roles on the team this year. Nick Harris is going to be a starter. Jacob Phillips, I think, is expected to be a starter. Grant Telpin is expected to be a starter. Uh, so this team in those later rounds has done phenomenally well. 
Um, so what do you think their, their strategy is going in this year with maybe less spots on the roster, considering how successful they've been with these picks in the past? Yeah, I think you'll see them consolidate and try to move up and get particular needs of players right now. It'd be depth back up at safety, back up, you know, and start, you know, defensive line, depending on what they do in trades and free agency, like we talked about. But yeah, I think that, you know, I, I was on the Doug Gottlieb show, national show yesterday, and the perception around the NFL is, look, the Browns got, they lost Treader and Landry and Hooper, and and it's not that way. This is like the Steelers used to do. They have guys, you know, Harrison Bryan's going to step in, you know, and they probably wouldn't miss Hooper, and Nick Harris going to step in. They might leave lose some leadership with Treader, Donovan Peoples-Jones for Landry. You know, they've got guys. It's not like they're devoid and they lost the best players they had. So, yeah, I think that's what good teams do. You you have replacements coming along, and I think that's what you're going to start seeing is work these guys in. And so, no, I think that the draft picks, he's shown that he'll move multiple picks to move up a few spots to get a guy and I think that's what they'll try to do in the second, third rounds, you know, and get get guys that contribute and fill in some holes. Absolutely. I mean, you think about just Bryant and Harris, if those guys can be as good as Treader and Hooper was. And Bryant might have been better than Hooper last year. Uh, you know, you've got one million playing that role versus nine million. Uh, like, yep. think how crazy that is. That's, you know, that's two Jadavion Clowney's worth of cap space. Uh, and it's just because you, you did well in the draft. So another another point for the front office. Um, let's see if we have any questions uh, left. I think I might have missed some. Uh, there was, you know, mentioned about a kicker. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about kickers just yet, maybe a little bit later in the off season. We'll see after the draft. Uh, you know, they, yeah. there's a couple kickers in the draft. Uh, this one, um, this isn't really a question, but something worth talking about. Browns would seem very rushed for filling defensive line so far. Hope we strike, hope we don't strike out. Um, do you think that's just going to be, they're just going to go after the one year guys, or do you get a sense? Maybe Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai might be expected to play bigger roles this year. Well, I think they're hoping they would, but I don't think you can count on that. I think that, yeah, you have – at this time last year, they hadn't signed Jackson yet, and they – and McDowell, they brought him in as a – just, you know, to, as a tryout guy at the spring mini camp, you know, and those guys ended up being their starters. So they're probably without him this year. They're going to keep doing that kind of stuff. I, I look – they drafted Elliott in the third round, then they drafted Togan in the fourth round. I expect – you know, another higher round pick, maybe even higher than third or fourth, you know, this year. I think all attention as it stands now would be on the defensive line. That's your that's your big gaping hole. Yeah, you need to fill in another wider seat, but not maybe a big star. I mean, you got the swing yeah. tackle back with Hubbard and and uh they're gonna they'll address kicker and punter. I mean, there was eleven free agents that had a better record than than McLaughlin. And I think yeah. about half of them have signed, but there's still guys out there. So we can talk about that later. Yeah. But, this punter yeah, draft, by the way, this is the best punter draft in a very long time. It's which is weird to say, but there's a couple of guys that, you know, like they got, they got the wow factor with punters, which you don't see very often, but like Matt, well, you hope that's them. with the kicker too, you know, but yeah. <laughs> that's where I could see him using the, the lower picks and, and yeah. getting, 
one of those addressed. So. All right. Uh, final question of the night, and then we'll head out, Dr. Nico. We talked a little about this at the start of the show, but we'll finish up with it. Any lose news on Landry Fuller or other wide receivers that potentially could be coming to the Browns? Haven't heard any more. I mean, the biggest thing I think is they're shopping around to see, you know, what is available to them. And I would think they would have a pretty good idea now what is available to them. Yeah. And, and so to me, it looks like Fuller would definitely be moving on from Miami with, you know, the addition of Hill and the guys they have down there. And so I think it's going to be, do they want to, you know, I would think they're being inside track, you know, if the Browns want Fuller because of Watson. And I would also think with Landry, I think it comes down to money and what the front office thinks as far as how they fit. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. It's going to be a fun uh, couple of weeks as we lead up to the draft, as we figure out where Baker Mayfield's going, as we figure out who is going to fill out this already stacked roster for the Cleveland Browns. So stay tuned for the OB to the OBR for that. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. I will be back tomorrow. Not exactly sure what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing something tomorrow. Uh, and then we will be back after that on Monday. Fred, thank you so much for your time. appreciate it. Can I say one thing? Go for it. I'm going to do a, ask for a plug. I meant to ask you earlier, but um, absolutely. Sunday, this Sunday, I'm doing my first uh, solo show on WTAM AM 1100. You know, it used to be three WE when I was a kid, but the Indians or guardians or whatever you call them. And the Cavs are on that station. If yeah. you're in the Cleveland area, you can get it. Tune in 12 to two. I, I need to, I'm hoping it's, it's an all Brown show. And uh, if you're not in the area, you can get on iHeartRadio. They have an app and it's on there live. So I appreciate you you guys following and watch it. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Please give Stephen our best from Dr. Nico. We will. Stephen Thomas will always be a member of the OBR. So thank you. Uh, Thank you for mentioning that. Fred is the best. Absolutely true. We will see you guys tomorrow. Fred, will see you on Sunday. uh, WTAM.iHeart.com, iHeartRadio app, or just listen on your radio if you got one of those, if you're driving or if you got one (laughs) in your garage. Uh, But we will see you then. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for